Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 56. Cubs sweep the Sox. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook. Of course, you can email us. Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crowley, happy Thursday, and we both predicted it. Get out the brooms. The Cubs have swept the White Sox, and they are just one game under 500. Yeah, how about that, right? Not only that, you basically ended the White Sox season last night mm-hmm. as they start trading away the second the game's over. But Or sale uh, sign went up, yeah. I mean, it was it was exciting. I was at the National Show last night and, and listening on my Odyssey app, And uh, it was just one of those things where like, you know, it's funny because a lot of Cubs fans, a lot of Sox fans in Rosemont right now, there's tons of collectibles. If you are a sports fan of any kind, not just baseball, but basketball, football, hockey, boxing, you name it. This place is absolutely stoked all weekend, Wednesday through Sunday. So it was it was uh, a lot of fun and and, a lot of smack talk between Cubs and Sox fans, but all in good fun, right? All in good fun. Unless you did, you happen to see the uh, video making the rounds on social media out at 35th and Shields? A a group of it, based on some of the T-shirts I could see, Cub fans fighting amongst themselves inside of a luxury suite. Yeah, you you, you know sometimes you get some yahoos at these Cubs Sox games. It's uh, I know a lot of people that don't like going to them. I, I don't mind. But, you know, usually that happens in the bleachers, not in right. the suite. So. In the suite. And this one guy, Crawley, is just sitting there eating his ice cream, watching the fight go down. Literally, didn't take it, didn't even take a, a stop. Like, set his ice cream down, put up a hand, yell something. He's just sitting there eating his ice cream. I, I saw another fight. one. I saw another one where it was a picture from the bleachers, and all of a sudden you see a Modelo tall boy go flying across, and I'm uh, like, why would you? Waste be, fi- yeah, why could you make a fifteen, sixteen dollar beer, right? Right. Why would Why would you do that? I mean, just give me the beer. I'll take care of it. No, we'll knock it back. Absolutely. All right, game number one, Crowley, Kyle Hendricks, Michael Kopech. Uh, obviously, a contrasting style as far as the pitchers go. Yep, you got the finesse control guy versus the power guy. And I got to tell you, Dustin, I was a little bit nervous. So for Kyle Hendricks, this was his 12th career start against the White Sox. The second most crosstown classic starts by a Cubs pitcher of all time, just trailing Carlos Zambrano, who has 13. So Hendricks is 1-6 with a 4.83 ERA lifetime against the White Sox, but nothing to worry about. Kyle was locked in. He didn't give up his first hit against the Sox until the fifth inning against who else? Eloy Jimenez. Hi, Mom. Oh, God. He'd eventually come around to score, but Kyle pitched 6.1 innings and gave up four hits, three runs, one walk, and four Ks. So, you know, that 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 ballpark just is not – Kyle's had his so many struggles there, like I said. One in six. I mean, you don't expect that. And we're talking about, you know, 2016, 17. We're talking about when they had some great teams, you know. Right. Yeah, they've been a bugaboo team for him for sure. But another quality start for uh, Kyle Hendricks, so that's a good sign. 
Absolutely. And I'm excited. And then the offense continued their hot streak in the second. Saya reached on an error by Tim Anderson and Dansby Swanson. This game for Dansby. Woo, he hit a home run and the Cubs were up 2 nothing. And I think and the then, game at that point, Crowley, the game was over at that point. Tim Anderson set the tone with that awful, awful effort on that play. He doesn't want to be there, man. He, he, just, he wants to be somewhere else. And not only that, immediately after back-to-back jacks, Christopher Morrell went yard to make it 3 nothing. In the fourth, Dansby hits his second home run to make it 4 nothing. Now, the fifth inning, this is fun because Nico just had one heck of a, a series here. He, he, he singles, right? Steal second, advances to third on a ball to hat. Then Cody Bellinger hits a ball to right fielder Oscar Colas, and Oscar's coming in. It's not like he's backing up. This is a play that I'm thinking, what are you doing here, Nico? Tags up. The ball beats Nico totally. Brilliant slide, gets around the tag, and the Cubs are up 5 nothing. Great, great base running by Nico. It was great base running. I, I Since it was a Sox-Cubs game, I don't know if you heard this or saw anything on social media from some Sox fans, but uh, Nico wears that um, – for lack of a better term, kind of like that oven mitt on his right hand, I believe, when he slides into bases. It's like a it's like a padded thing so you don't jam up a finger. Right. And people were complaining that he was getting, you know, a couple extra inches with that uh with that oven mitt on and you know reaching base sooner than he should have. And uh I thought a little bit about the 25-year-old me and if the roles were reversed, I might have had the same reaction had a Sox player had that on their hand. Right. I, I've seen other play, players have done it. I've heard the complaints and until MLB makes a rule about it, you know, it's good to go. And no one's saying that Tim Anderson can't put it on his hand. Right. No, but so, he'd want to, he'd want to be involved if that was the case, as you had mentioned <laughs> earlier, <laughs> but Nico would also Homer in the seventh. Again, what a game for Nico and Dansby would drive in his fourth run on an RBI single. The Cubs are up seven, one, no problem, right? Wrong. This is Cub Sox we're talking about. <laughs> this one, this one, it is never over when these two teams meet. You know, it's like the Cardinals, Cubs, White Sox, Cubs. Throughout the records, there is a little bit of pride involved. In the bottom of the seventh, right? Kyle Hendricks is still on the mound. The White Sox load the bases, and up comes Yoan Moncada up to bat. All right, he hits one to right field, and Seiya Suzuki makes. The best defensive play of his Cubs career, catching a ball over the wall and bringing it back in. And instead of a grand slam, four runs, it's a sack fly, one run, and the Cubs still lead seven to two. What a play by Seiya. So right now that is for me, Crowley, and correct me, please. It's okay if I'm wrong. That is his signature Cubs moment at this point. That is the biggest, most impactful moment, at least for this fan that Seiya Suzuki has made. I also liked how he kind of just smiled and grinned, act like he had done that before, been that, done that, kind of gave the nod of the head. No big deal. So uh, kudos to Seiya Suzuki. That was awesome. Defensively, clearly the best play of his of his Cubs career. And it was funny because afterwards someone asked Dansby why he didn't high-five Seiya. He said, that's what I expect out of Seiya. That's so, right. That's the That's leadership right. coming through right uh -huh. there. Yep. Uh, the Sox would score one more run in the seventh, but that would be it. Leiter and Fulmer came in out of the bullpen, and Adbert Alzali looked filthy. Struck out the side in the ninth for his 10th save. Everything about this first game was fantastic. The offense scored seven runs on 13 hits. Nico, three for five with a home run. Swanson, three for three with two homers and four RBIs. Morrell, two for four with an RBI. 
Pitching looked great. Bullpen looked great. Defense solid. And the Cubs stole five bases. According to Chris Kampka, uh, from 1901, modern-day baseball to the present, the Cubs have had four-plus home runs and five-plus steel games, steel stolen bases in a game only once, and that was that game against the Sox. That, that, that is an amazing statistic. We use that on the Mully and Haw show as well. And kudos to Chris Kampka for being able to figure that kind of stuff out. <laughs> they, they I go, couldn't do it. They, they go digging through the research, man, so we don't have to. So it had tip to Chris. He's a great guy. Yep. Now, All right, game- so the Cubs are up one nothing in the series. It's a two-game series, not that uh, we like those kinds of things. We talked in the last podcast about how we believe this series should be shaping up these days. But Marcus Stroman, Lance Lynn, game number two, and it was last night. Yeah, and we, we joked about it. Plenty of scouts in the stands, and this was not the game either team wanted to play if they were looking for any trade value for some of their chips, especially the starting no, pitchers. No, no, no. The starting pitchers were not uh, – there were moments. Both guys had moments, but not uh, – not uh, no, uh, no quality start for either guy here. No, Marcus Stroman struggles continued. He gave up two runs in the first to who else? Eloy Jimenez. Hits a two Thanks, single, Cubs. <laughs> two-run single put up the Cubs, do nothing. Cubs were able to tie it up in the top of the second with RBI singles by Tucker Barnhart and Nico Horner, but the Sox would retake the lead in the bottom of the second, but that wasn't hundred percent Stroh's fault with two outs and uh, Ben attendee walked. And then with Tim Anderson uh, up on a, uh, was a two, two count, three, one count. He ends up t- throwing the pitch Strowman and Tucker Barnhart throws a back pick. So they catch Ben attendee off of first, but I, Cody Bellinger thought it was ball four and let Ben Attendee reach second without a throw. So, you know, Cody's not, I mean, he's a center fielder. Let's put it that way, you know, but I like how they've been lining it up with Talkman leading out and, ben, and, and and Bellinger playing first. I think that's their best lineup. But that was a mistake that he, you know, that, that a, a real first baseman doesn't make. You know what I'm saying? I know, right. And you said you were out at the National. I was uh, cheating on Pat and Ron and Zach last night. I was watching on the TV, so I was with Marquis. They couldn't even describe it. They, they, they're like, I don't know what's going on right now. It was so bizarre, like what he was doing. Um, and luckily that didn't come back to haunt the Cubs, but uh, a very bizarre play. And that should have been the third out of the inning. And instead, as you mentioned, T.A. would end up uh, uh, driving him in. Driving him in makes it three to two. Um, and then as we've been saying a lot when Stroh pitches lately, the wheels fell off in the fourth inning. Jake Berger led off with a home run to make it four to two. And then Mike Talkman made a mistake. He let a, a fly ball by Oscar Colas drop in front of him. Ben attending but, re- but real quick, real quick. Okay. What happened first? Berger let off the inning with a home run. Then right. Talkman made the mistake. So, you know, is, is Marcus Stroman again, not um, mentally tough enough to handle what happened with Cody Bellinger? Is, is that the issue? Is there a hangover thing? He can't just let it roll off his back because no, I think the home I, run I, to Burger, just the home run to Burger, Stro. That's on you. That's not on. That, that, that's on you. Jake Burger took your ass out. That's on you. Period. So I so Joe Girardi on the post game on Marquee talked about it a little bit, um, and this is kind of the date you circle with Strowman was the London game that Sunday. Yeah. It's got like and a London hangover going on. No, no. The, the blister is more of the issue. And there's a question nah. if, if, if that blister is affecting how he's throwing his slider, because that slider was a dominant pitch for him 
in the first half of the season. And so there, there may be some issues with once that blister happened, he starts throwing it a little bit different. It's not getting the same movement. That's what Joe Girardi said that, you know, and, and, and that's something that I think we got to, you know, look deeper into. So, you know, not buying it. Okay. Ben attendee with single Anderson walked to load the bases. Luis Robert hit one to Dansby, but Anderson beats the throw to second. Everyone's safe. And the Sox would lead five to two. And then who else? Eloy Jimenez. He is going to double again. And, and two runs would score. And the Cubs were and the Sox were up seven to two. Stroh's night's over. He only went 3.1 innings. He gave up nine hits, seven runs, two walks, and four Ks. Not good enough. No, not good enough, especially for a team that, uh, you know, they were hitting ground balls last night. I, I was a little disappointed. I don't know if you watched the replay of uh, Aloy's double. I feel like that's a ball that Master Boney should have had. I, I mean, maybe they're playing they're playing too far in at that point. I, I just – I was disappointed in that play immensely. Uh, I think the defense didn't look great again. This is a second – you know, uh, he's had some bad luck with the defense lately. They're, not all on him. Like you said, the burger home run, uh, that was – I want to say it was on a slider. You know, I think there's issues – mechanically right now with Stroh. Sliding's just not sliding enough. Right. You well, know, after the game, now after the game, Strowman did talk about there's a mechanical glitch right now. Right. He never, he never referenced the blister. He was never asked about the blister. Again, I, I have all the respect in the world for Joe Girardi. Don't get me wrong, but there was, right. just, none, there was just none of that um, let me, let me put, in the game. Let me put it this way. Why is Cody Bellinger doing so great? Well, a lot of people said after he injured his shoulder on a high five, I think with Kike Hernandez uh, when he was with the Dodgers, all of a sudden trying to, you know, when you have those injuries and you're trying to kind of play, but not in pain, you alter some things, right? Yeah. And so that could be what is happening. I, again, the, you know, you can talk to, to Tommy Hadovy when he's on the Mully and Haw show. Next um, Wednesday. Yeah. Ask, ask him if, if he's noticed anything about the blister and affecting the slider. Uh, but but that would be something I, w- I would definitely want to know. Yep. I'm now, <laughs> so you take a look here, and like I said, Talkman, you know, just kind of made that mistake. And, and, and so luckily the Cubs were playing the White Sox, and the Cubs' offense has been on fire lately. In the top of the fifth, get this, Dustin, this Cubs scored six runs on three hits without the benefit of a home run. How is that possible? It was unbelievable, Crowley. I just, you know, look behind the curtain. I already said it this morning on the Mully and Haw show, but I started in the basement last night where I'm doing this podcast from watching the game, not going, not going the Cubs way. I moved up to the living room. It got a little bit better, but still not going the Cubs way. I moved back to the basement. Aloy gets the two run double. I go lay in bed and then everything changed. Everything right. So, Talkman Talkman leads off with a single then Nico's hit by a pitch by Lance Lynn. Ian Happ singled to score Talkman at seven to three. Bellinger flies out for the first out, and then Seiya Suzuki walked to load the bases. So Dansby Swanson strikes out swinging, but with two outs and down 0-2, Lynn makes a mistake. Morell singles. Horner and Happ score. That makes it seven to five. And then an error on on Benatendi allowed Seiya to take third. Let me say Morell has really been clutch. You know he didn't just just really a nice play by Morrell to kind of stay with it, not try to do too much and keep it going for the next guy. Joe Kelly, another trade chip for the White Sox and former Dodger, right? He would mm-hmm. come in to replace Lance Lynn with two outs. 
Kelly strikes out Miles Mastroboni, but the ball hits the dirt. Kareen's off the catcher. Suzuki scores. Mastroboni reaches first on a strikeout, and now the Cubs are down seven six. That should have been just right. You couldn't you couldn't make this stuff up. There was a, a is it is it a gif? Is that how you say it, Crowley? Is it a gif? Yeah. GIF okay. Or there was GIF, a, some people. Okay. There, there was a there was a gif going around of the White Sox. It was it was captioned. White Sox playing defense. And I saw this before the game. This was before the game. Okay. And it made me laugh. And it is a T ball. It's a T ball game. So the kid up to bat hits the ball about, I don't know, four inches off the tee. 11 kids, 11 kids come running in. Everybody wants the ball, including, you know, the catcher's trying to get it. 11 other, everybody's running in to get the, the ball. Meanwhile, the kid is going like, he's shuffling his feet like an old man or a penguin. Then he does a cartwheel down the first baseline and still gets down to first before they can get him. And the kids were booting the ball all over the place. It was a very funny gift. I'm I'm using it right. Right. And it absolutely felt like that, you know? And so then, right, Kelly, uh, uh, Joe Kelly would then hit Jan Gomes to load the bases. He walks Mike Talkman to tie the game. Then he would walk the next batter, Nico Horner, and the Cubs take an eight to seven lead. Thanks, you Sox. <laughs> you couldn't write that script, right? You couldn't. You couldn't. It'd be like, oh, really? Come on, give me a break. There's no chance that would ever happen. I mean, you couldn't write that script. I, I, how does Joe? How did? If I were Joe Kelly, I wouldn't have been able. I would have walked out of the ballpark. I wouldn't have been able to walk into the dugout. I'd have taken my jersey off, crawled into the stands, and walked out of 35th and Shields. It That's was bad. so bad. I mean, to think about that inning, the hit-by-pitches, the errors, the, the strikeout that gets away from the catcher, walks. I mean, it was just a disaster. And then, luckily, the Cubs hit back-to-back jacks for the second night in the row and happened. Bellinger hit insurance home runs in the eighth. The Cubs go on to win 10-7, to eight unanswered runs by the Cubs' offense, and thank you to the poor White Sox play. But hat tip to the bullpen, you know, who came in and shut it down when Stroman couldn't get the job done. Assad has been looking great lately. This is the guy we expected coming out of the World Baseball Classic. Came into the game in the fourth, got out of the jam, pitched 1.2 innings. Julian Mayweather pitched two. Leiter and Alzali each pitched one. 5.2 innings of shutout ball for the pen. So great job there. Yeah, and I heard uh, – I heard uh... – Rossi after the game really went out of his way to make sure that he pointed that part out because there were plenty of offensive stars and other things to talk about, but he wanted to make sure that the bullpen got the uh, tip of the hat, as you put it. Right. And and the Cubs are doing exactly what we said they needed to do when we got into after the all-star break. And we're talking about this week, part of their schedule right here. You know, you talked about Boston was going to be tough. We knew that, but then you talked about the nationals four with the Cardinals, two with the White Sox, and another four with the Cardinals. We said that if they want to be buyers, they're going to have to make a run here. So they're doing exactly what we thought they needed to do. They're one game away from the 500 mark, the same place they were entering the second game of the London series, right? Absolutely. The Cubs are looking to go into St. Louis and prove that Jed should be a buyer and not a seller. But And, you know, a lot of people are making this comps to that 2021, um, it was the Atlanta Braves. And they were roughly around, I think they were 49 and 51, very similar to the Cubs 
and they they bought a couple pieces, not even big pieces. It was like Jack Peterson actually was from the Cubs. They made a trade for Jack Peterson. They made a trade for another Cub, Jorge Soler. They got hot. They went on a run. So the question is, you know, can the Cubs do that? And, and for me right now, I do have question marks with Stroman and Smiley, right? If, 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 if the Cubs are going to try to make a Brave-esque run of 2021, they need those guys on the top of their game. Yeah, you're going to need those guys. And uh, Joe Girardi today was on with Mully and Haw, and he said the Cubs need a bat and they need an acquisition in the bullpen. That's what Joe Girardi wants for the Cubs over the next couple of days. But he does uh, make it known that they still need to probably take three or four from the Cardinals. You can't lose that series. You don't want to split either. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 56. Cubs sweep the Sox. Cubs sweep the Sox. I can't get enough saying that, Crowley. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. All right. Before we get into the news and the notes, how about the standings, Crowley? Yeah, when you take a look at the standings, a lot of things are starting to get really interesting. And I know not everybody likes the new format. I don't know even if I like it all that much as far as the postseason. But you know what? It allows you to, to dream, I guess, instead of thinking you're out of this. So if we take a look here, the Milwaukee Brewers still in first. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, and so is Cincinnati. So Brewers at 57-46, and 46, Cincinnati at 56-48, and 1.5 games back. But the Cubs riding this five-game winning streak are at 50-51. and 51. They're six games back. But it doesn't, when you think about that, in the loss column, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're only five games back. So... Um, St. Louis 46 and 57 St. Louis has been playing good. It's just that the Cubs were able to take three out of four from them. They're six and four in their last 10, but three of those losses came from the Cubs. Right. And, and then Pittsburgh is also 11 and a half games at 45 and 57, but we're getting to the point right now, Dustin, where you're also watching the wild card and in the wild card, the Cubs are 4.5 back and you got a couple teams that are really struggling ahead of them. Okay. You got Arizona, who is a half a game out of a wild card spot. They've lost three of their last 10. Miami are half a game out from a wild card spot, and they're two out of their last 10. Okay. So they're two and eight. So the Cubs are 4.5 games out of a wild card spot. So, you know, Arizona, Miami, they have tough parts of their schedule coming up. Miami's starting to make moves already. Um, the question is, is, you know, what's going to happen uh, to some of these teams in front of the Cubs? San Francisco has been struggling a little bit. The trouble you have here is, you, again, you're talking about trying to jump two, three, four teams roughly, you know, to kind of get in this thing. Yeah, not the super easiest thing to do, that's for sure. Go ahead and just win the division. And then you don't have to worry about that, right? Yeah, I would not mind that at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Crowley, let's move into the newsy part of the podcast. All the draft picks have signed. Yep, Jackson Wiggins is the last. He signed at about the last possible minute. So the Cubs have all 20 of their draft pack draft picks signed. Shaw, Wiggins, Rivera, Sanders. I mean, all of these guys, I, I, again, I saw on fan graphs, they had the Cubs rated as the number three farm system. We have been preaching this since day one of the podcast. I truly believe that the Cubs have an absolute great uh, farm system and development system going on right now that I think will absolutely uh, 
pay dividends. It's, it's you want it to be now, but I, I, I have a feeling that they are, if they can keep, I like the guys that they have in charge of everything right now. If they can keep this up, you're going to see, I'm hoping for a Dodger esque type run. All right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. I thought of you Crowley about three or four podcasts ago. We got the Cubs uh, schedule for 2023. Yesterday we got the spring training schedule. Ah, oh, so excited. You buy a plane open. ticket yet? Um, we're, we're debating what week we're going to go. I'm kind of, you know, circling a couple of dates. Um, th so they're going to start on February 23rd against the White Sox at Sloan Park. How about that? Open with the White Sox. Beautiful. And then, I mean, gosh, it's so tempting to go to that just because that's also... Um, yeah, you're going to see a lot of guys wearing 70s and 80s and 90s in that game. So, Well, the Extra Innings Festival by with Ryan Dempster, we had him on um, previously on the podcast talking mm -hmm. about it. It's a great party, and it happens that first weekend. And, and opening day at spring training is always a blast. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of fun games. I'm looking right now. There's a good week right over there where they have some good games about that third week where they play at the Angels, Seattle, and Colorado at Sloan. Uh, I mean, that that right now is looking like where I'm kind of headed right there. And then uh, how about some fun here? The St. Louis Cardinals, who play in the Grapefruit League, are going to play two games at Sloan Park Monday and Tuesday to end spring training. They now, must be they must be opening out west or something, huh? Correct. And and so I believe Arizona. So, you know, they do this every now and then. Uh, I think it was was it 2018, 20, I think it was 2018. I went and I got to see the Cubs play Boston in Fort Myers um okay. for a spring training game. And then the Cubs opened up in Miami. Miami, yeah. And so, then the Cubs used to then the Cubs also used to do like the end of spring training in Vegas on their way back to Chicago. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And so if you have not been to spring training, I, I would highly recommend it. It is, it is absolute blast and I will be there again this year. All right. Something else I know that's very uh, important to you. Marquee direct to consumer announcement has been made. There is an app. Yes, sir. So you might be saying, Carly, well, how's this different from any other app? Well, as you know, Dustin, a lot of people, I would say a little bit younger gender uh, people than us, but, uh, a lot of people are cutting the cord and they still want to watch Cubs baseball, but not have to pay an exorbitant cable bill. And so this has been something that's been going around for a while, direct to consumers. What if you could just like an HBO app, have a marquee app and be able to watch the game without having a cable subscription. So I have the marquee app on my phone, but I have a cable subscription, but what if you didn't? So a lot of people for a while, they had YouTube TV, they stopped carrying marquee. A lot of people I know right now have Fubo or whatever. And so there's a lot of things you can do, but this, if you are a Cub fan, this is an app that will allow you to watch everything on marquee without having a cable subscription. Now there's a couple things we got to talk about here when we're talking about this. Okay. Number one, it is for in market Cubs fans only. Yeah, it's okay? still an issue. And that's not a marquee thing. That that's on Major League Baseball. That is an MLB issue. So if you are sitting yourself in Las Vegas right now thinking to yourself, oh man, I, I can't wait to get the marquee app and watch everything marquee has to offer, you're out of luck still. Now not so fast, my friends. <laughs> Right. The good thing is a lot of people in Iowa will have the opportunity to get the marquee app full features, um, which is something that hasn't happened in the past. And we all, I, I just came back from Iowa. Iowa Cup fans are some of the best Cup fans. And, you know, they get to watch them before they come up there and they make connections with them. So I'm excited for the people there. But, you know, I love 
marquee in its content. I love the documentaries. I love the uh, pre and post. I do. I, I love a lot about it. Some other features that are going to come. Do you love the? Do you love the whack women's lacrosse games? Not as much. I'm talking about the. <laughs> I'm talking more the baseball content. And Dustin, don't forget that the Chicago Blackhawks contract comes up relatively soon. Mm, is that a rumor you're hearing, Crowley? Are you yeah, hearing something? Dude. I'm just saying, kind of keep an eye out for that. The passing, uh, the passing of Rocky Wirtz might lay that groundwork. Not only that, they, the Cubs and the and the uh, Blackhawks have had connections before. We know with John McDonough. Um, and so just something to kind of keep an eye out. The other thing about this app is that it features a higher resolution game feed. A lot of people have these awesome TVs, but right now the feeds don't kind of match up with what your picture can do. The first time I saw ML, an MLB game in 1080p was when the Cubs played their first Apple TV game. Yeah, and and that's, old, a great, that's a great broadcast. The, the visuals are great. The, the broadcast is awful. Um, I don't know where they get those announcers from. The other day I was watching that game on Friday, right? Wasn't the Friday of Cubs Cardinals? Yeah. Apple TV? Apple TV, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know who those guys were, but it may as well have been my students at the Illinois media school. They do a better job than those guys, but the picture Crowley, fantastic. So we're going to get Boog and JD. We are going to get the, the, that high resolution picture. There's going to be feed game highlights, uh, player interview. They're going to have 200 live Cubs affiliated games each year. Um, you will not get nationally televised broadcast. Again, that's not a Cub thing. That's an MLB thing. So if it's on Apple TV, you're out of luck. You'll get spring training games, minor league games. You got the Cubs 360 press. The road to Wrigley. The road to Wrigley. The reporters clashes in session with Doug Glanville, and so I, I personally, like I said, I'm very excited about this. If you're somebody that's cut the cord, the app looks really nice, and so you can uh, you can watch it on your cable like normal. But I I, I am no longer watching Cubs games. Um, through my cable, I'll be watching it directly through the uh, app, which you can uh, download on your smart TV. All right. That's very, very interesting. All right. Some roster moves, some injury moves. Nick Madrigal uh, is going to become an Iowa resident. He's still playing third base for them. Yeah. He, he, so far he's played a couple games. He's played second. He's played third. He had a day off, but uh, would be great to get Nick Madrigal out and, 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 you know, hopefully he can continue off where he left off for miles injury. master pony can go back where he belongs. Um, miles hasn't been playing too well. And again, nah. they, it's a left-handed bet. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but a um, couple other injuries to kind of keep in mind right now. You do have um, Brad Boxberger, Nick Birdie and Brandon Hughes all continuing their rehab. I would say Nick Birdie is by far the closest of the three um, I don't know if we're going to see Boxberger again this season. And Brandon Hughes is just playing catch. I never like when they say playing catch because, yeah. you know, you know, it's still going to take some time. Nick Birdie's throwing some bullpens. I, I, I think that Birdie may make it back, but we'll see what the Cubs are going to do uh, depending on, you know, if they are buyers, right? If they're buyers, well, then, you know, I don't know if Nick Birdie's going to be able to come up, but if they are sellers, he's someone that you could possibly see later on. This is Season 2, Episode 56 of the Fly the W670 Podcast. Cubs sweep the Sox. All right, Crowley, it's time to do it. It's time to preview the Cardinals. I got to say, I mean, Cardinals, White Sox, Cardinals? I mean, that's <laughs> rough. I mean, that's a lot of my like favorite parts of the Cubs season all bottled up into two weeks. Yeah, it's just all, all right there. I, I, I'm not exactly a big fan. 
the Cubs have played the Cardinals three times so far. They played in early May with St. Louis taking two out of three at Wrigley Field. They split the London series in June. That technically was a Cardinals home series. And then the Cubs played another series at Wrigley last week, another four-game series where they took three of four. It was a wild one, Dustin. You remember game one had Steven Matz, who hadn't won a game all season, beating Marcus Stroman 7-2 to two in a very frustrating game. And then mm-hmm. the next game on Friday, the Friday night, the Apple TV game you were talking about. Yeah, Friday Jeff, afternoon on Apple TV. Apple TV. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Justin Steele and Jack Flaherty. And thankfully, an umpire's bad call allowed the Cubs to hold on to this one again. We'll take it. But, oh, was that a bad call? And then that wild game on Saturday. Rain delays. Cubs come back from down like four times. Four different, uh, yeah, four right. four different uh, times that the Cubs had to come back, and that was that weird opener with Michael Fulmer starting and Smiley coming in. Michaelis pitched that one. He went five innings and gave up uh, five earned runs in that one. So uh, that was a wild one. It's always wild when the Cubs play the Cardinals, right? And then the always Sunday wild. game, the Sunday game, which saw Jamison Tyone beat uh, Jordan Montgomery seven to two, and so. That was the one where the offense really, really looked good, and they continued it against the White Sox. All right, so we've got our uh, probables now, Crowley, huh? Yeah, we got our probables, and game one to me looks like a really interesting matchup. Um, The Cubs are going to have their best out there on the mound. so They need it tonight, I think. I think they need it, Crowley. I think it's uh, a lot of energy used up in those two games against the White Sox. Right, and Justin Steele has been pitching well, 10-3 and three with a 2.95 ERA, the Cubs all-star. He went 6.1 innings and gave up only two earned runs last week against St. Louis. Struggled against Boston, but most of the Cubs did. And then against Milwaukee, he went six innings and gave up three earned runs. And like I said, th- this one right here, you got Miles Michaelis going for the Cardinals, and he's someone – he hasn't been as good against the Cubs recently, but he's still a guy that I just – I don't know – I gives me kind of the creeps here, but uh, he's six and <laughs> he's creep. six and he's six and five with a 433 ERA. He only went five innings against the Cubs last week. He gave up 11 hits, uh, six earned run or five earned runs against Miami though. He pitched really well. He went six innings and gave up three runs and against Washington, which isn't like the biggest deal. He only went three innings, but he gave up zero earned runs. So th- that that's to me an exciting matchup for the Cubs. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'd really like them to get off on the right foot here. Yes, it would be nice to get things going right off the bat. There's no doubt about it. We uh, get into the game number two. That's Friday, and we've got uh, TBD. What number does he wear, Crowley? The old legendary TBD. David Ross refused to name a starter in what would be Drew Smiley's spot. We've talked about Drew Smiley and his ER is ballooning. ERA. He's getting close to eight here recently as far as uh, for the last month. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens. I, I'm I'm telling you, I, I was in Iowa last weekend and saw Hayden Wesniski and that was was nasty. That was not Wesniski. That was Wes nasty. Now people are going to say Crawley, he's throwing against AAA. I'm talking more about the movement of his pitches. I was right by the Cubs dugout, first row behind the Cubs dugout. 
and I'm watching, and, and 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 that's what I saw that I didn't see from the first half from Hayden Wesniski. It's like the slider had no bite, and so I am very curious because is he gonna is, is we don't know what 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 Ross is thinking. Is he gonna try the opener again, or are they gonna call somebody up to take his spot? And if they do. What are they going to say? Are they going to say, put him in the bullpen? Are they going to say he has a forearm tightness? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, I, I hope it's I hope it's Wesniski. I mean, that would make all the sense in the world. I don't want another Fulmer smiley. I still need to find, I still need an answer. We talked about um, Tommy Hadovy joining the Mully and Haw show. I still need a clear answer about why, you wouldn't start Smiley, but then the first guy after Fulmer is Smiley. Right. Huh? Good, I good mean, question. I, I, I mean, I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. The, the Cubs are going to be taking on Jordan Montgomery in this game. He's six and eight, but the ERA looks good at 3.37. So he might be just one of those guys that team doesn't play well when he starts uh, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, sometimes I've noticed that too with, uh, with, uh, Stroman, you know, like he was not getting run support. Now defense has kind of looked a little sloppy behind him lately, but, uh, against the Cubs, he went six innings, gave up five runs. So on six hits with two walks. So hopefully the Cubs can get at him again. He had a good start against Miami. He went six innings, gave up one earned run and he had a good start against the White Sox 4.1 inning. He only gave up one run. So, uh, you know, this was the game that you're nervous about because you don't know, who's starting, who's playing, anything like that. Right. All right. Game number three, like this pitching matchup. I think it's very intriguing. We got Jamo, Jamison Tyone versus uh, Adam Wainwright. Now, will Adam Wainwright make this start or will he be moved before that? I don't think he's moved. I'm looking here no? and uh, no value uh, there. I guess you could, but you know how the Cardinals get sentimental about stuff like this. Yeah. You wonder, right? Right. I I don't, you know, and then with, with, with them signing Wilson, I really don't know what the front office is thinking right now, but he is uh, uh Jamison Tyon's four and six. Remember that ERA was close to eight. It's now down to 5.75. And Let's so, keep it that way. right. Against St. Louis last time when 5.2 innings only gave up one earned run on seven hits. Great start against Washington. 5.2 innings gave up three runs and that great start against the Yankees, which kind of started this string where he went eight innings, gave up one hit and zero earned runs. So we need Tyone to keep going, especially with the question marks surrounding Smiley. Yes, we do. We need another good game out of him. As you mentioned, Adam Wainwright, not so hot so far this year. Yeah, three and four, seven, 31 ERA. I mean, I don't know, like I said, how many people want to pick him up, but he looked good in his last start against the Diamondbacks. But like I said, the Diamondbacks have been making a lot of teams look good lately. They've been struggling. Um, he went five innings pitch, gave up four hits, two earned runs. Against Miami, though, he went 3.1 inning, gave up seven hits, four earned runs. And then against Houston, he went 1.2 and he got shelled. He gave up six earned runs in the 1.2 innings. But this is the thing that makes you nervous in these four-game series. Same thing when we talk about Smiley, is if you get a guy that gives you a short start, you know what I mean? You don't get that usual break that you do sometimes uh, when you only play three-game series. So let's see what Adam Wainwright does, but that that's – with the way the Cubs have offense has been playing lately, I like the Cubs odds in that one. Yeah, I like them too. I'm not going to disagree with you there at all. And then Sunday is the uh, the last game, the fourth game. And the other thing, Crawley, just for the audience, we've got four different start times. Ridiculous. Got four games and four different start times. So make sure you're uh, 
following on social. The uh, the games uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday are all in the evening. Sunday is your traditional afternoon job. Yeah, I don't, don't, don't know what baseball's thinking sometimes with some of this stuff, and only one day game. I mean, why wouldn't you want to have a – you know, a nice Saturday day game in St. Louis. Although with the weather down there and how hot it is, I bet the players are very eh, thankful. A little, wear a little gold bond, you'll be okay. All right, so <laughs> game four, you got Kyle Hendricks against Steven Matz. Four and four with the 345 ERA for the professor. You saw what he did against the White Sox. 6.1 innings, four hits, three earned runs. Against Washington, six innings pitch, one earned run. And then that bad start he had against that hot Boston team that went, he went 4.2 and gave up five earned runs. But I like what the professor is doing. Steven Matz, oh boy, one and seven this year, but his ERA now is down to 434. He is looking better as of late, and, and he may have he may be pulling a JMO of himself. Like this is one you should be like, all right, easy win, right? Look at that, that one and seven. But he didn't get a decision against Arizona when six innings pitched and gave up zero earned runs, six strikeouts, one walk. So that, that, that shows you something there. Against the Cubs, he went five-point innings. He gave up three hits, only one earned run, six strikeouts, one walk. And so the, the last couple of games have been good against Washington. He went 4.1, gave up four earned run with three walks and four strikeouts. So he's, he's starting to look like he's turned a corner here. He's walking a lot less, striking out a lot more and going a lot deeper. So this is not again, the one where you could circle and be like, Oh yeah, easy. No problem. No, none of them. Like we mentioned before, no, none of them are okay. No problem. When you're talking about uh, Cubs Cardinals, you throw the records out as they like to say, all right, how about the hot and the not? As far as the hot and the nut are concerned, we're taking a look at Nico Horner. What a series that guy had against the uh, White Sox, whether you're talking about home runs or, or stolen bases or everything. Just look great. He is nine for his last 19 with a home run, three RBIs, slashing 474, 566, 727. Also, on the hot list is Dansby Swanson, seven for his last 16, two home runs, six RBIs, slashing 438, 500, 875. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Not going to complain at all in that. The knots? Uh, say Suzuki's slowing it down a little bit. He's four for his last 19 with two RBIs, slashing 211, 348, 211. So uh, hopefully he can kind of get back into where he needs to be. Mike Talkman, three for his last 19. He does have two RBIs. He's slashing 158, 200, 211 in his last seven days. Yeah, Mike Talkman not been uh, fantastic, but still like uh, like how they're using him. All right, so hot for the Cardinals. And this, uh, this first name is familiar to everybody. He's turned a little bit of a corner. Wilson Contreras, five for his last 10 with two RBIs. He's slashing 500, 538, 600. He's been hitting over 300 against the Cubs, so look out. And then Dustin, your favorite player, Lars Newtbar, uh, with the Chewy Nuggets center. Uh, seven hits in his last 17 at-bats, two home runs, four RBIs, slashing 412-583-824 for Mr. Newtbar. Newtbar. As far as the knots are concerned, a couple of outfielders. Tyler O'Neill is five for his last 22 with three RBIs. He's slashing 227-320-318. And so, you know, um, and the other would be rookie Jordan Walker's really struggling. He's two for his last 13, 154, 313, 231. You know how these rookies can. Their whole outfielder right outfield right now, whether you're talking about O'Neill, Carlson, Alec Burleson plays some, Jordan Walker, their whole outfield is really struggling. 
Um, so that that's kind of an issue. And, and Goldschmidt slashing 250, 375, 550. He does have two home runs and six RBIs. So when even that when that guy's struggling, he's still a good player. Yeah, he's still a very, very good player. All right, Crowley. It's that time in the show. It's prediction time. Okay. Um, I like game one for the Cubs, steal over Michaelis. All right. I All like right. game See, three. I think this whole to me, my whole prediction rides on tonight's game. Right. I like Tyone over Wainwright. Um, and then Hendricks versus Mets, I see as a draw. So like you said, game two, it's so hard here. I am going to try to will the Cubs to victory and say they take three out of four. I'm mentally putting that out there so the baseball gods can hear me. Yes, three out of four is where I'm going as well, but I'm going to reserve the right. If it do, if they don't win tonight, then it's two and two, and they're going to come back one game over five one game under 500. I'm hoping that they take three or four. And that when we get back together, we are talking about a 500 Cubs team that are going to be buyers. Crowley. They're going to be buyers on Monday. It's, it's not easy. You hope that the Cubs are hot at the right time. And you know, the Cardinals would love nothing more than to spoil the Cubs season. And so, you know what, man, what, what impressed me about the last time they played is that there was times where it looked like the Cardinals were going to do their thing and spoil it for the Cubs and the Cubs never stopped fighting. And what I've seen from this team right now, especially since the return of Dansby Swanson and a little bit before is that they realize the writings on the wall and, and they're going out and proving it again. These aren't the greatest teams in the world, but let, let's, let's keep kind of riding this. Let's ride it, baby. Let's ride it. So, both of us are going three out of four, and we're back with you guys at some point on Monday. We will be uh, talking about a 500 team as they're going to take on the Reds next. Keep the faith, Cub fans, and, and let's get those dirty birds. Cheer them on. Go, Cubs. It's all over.